say the game is getting old. Monday morning and your coffee's cold. Life is not what you want it to be. You need another chance to. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new direction. My name is Jay Izzo, and oh yeah, baby, we have got a great show. I am bringing back my friend. Oh my gosh, I, we we had him here on January 22nd, and he, Colin Ellis. You know what? I'm, I'm going to do it. I said I wasn't going to do it. I'm going to do it. He's a man from a man down under. You know, you know, I was that was a little okay. okay you, you right. You better go. You better take cover. Oh yeah. Okay, that was my little bit of. You, you probably don't remember them, do you? They, they were called Men at Work, and it was a horrible impression. But he is so awesome. And uh, yeah, I, I said I wasn't going to do it. I did it anyway. Anyway, he's awesome, and he's fantastic. And we're going to talk about culture today and how to fix it. And you know, it's this is going to be so cool because we all deal in culture, whatever we work and. You know, uh, Colin has a phrase in his in his book, and it, and it is, you know, only takes one nut <laughs> to change a culture, and and he is that nut. Let me just tell you, he is that nut, and I love him for it, and it's awesome. But hey, let's do what we do every week, right? You know, I believe we are four-part people. We are physical people, mental people, emotional people, and spiritual people. And you know, I, I check in with you every week in these four areas of your life because you know what we need to check in and and evaluate how we are doing in these areas and what we could do to improve in all these areas of our life. And so, you know, I know that there's a lot going on in our world right now, and uh, you know, and and I know that we can uh, fall prey to a variety of thoughts and feelings and uh, a number of things, and I. And I want to guard you against uh, being fearful and guard you against being panicked because there's, there's no reason to be that way. Uh, what they will tell you is the people who have ever been in battle and uh, especially in Navy SEALs and things will tell you, you know what, keep your head at all times. You never panic ever. Um, you always have to. And so, um, so folks, I'm just going to encourage you, you know what, stay calm, be adaptable, stay calm. Because if you keep your head and you keep it in all situations, everything's going to be a lot easier. So let's just check in with you uh, with these four areas of your life, right? Let's start with the physical area, right? Physically on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being miserable, 10 being outstanding, how are you doing, right? Are you exercising? Are you drinking water? Are you getting enough sleep? Are you eating right? Are you, are you doing the things that you need to do to take care of yourself physically? And so what is that number for you? 5 is an average. 10 would be like you're perfectly physically healthy and everything, right? And then, you know, we have two questions we ask you, right? We ask you, you know, what, what, you know, what do you, what, why are you that way? And then what can you do to fix it? Right. And, you know, I know a lot of people are concerned because they're, you know, they're not able to work out maybe like they used to, and they're not able to do the things that they were doing when it comes to the gym. So, you know what, maybe it's time to start thinking about how can I work out at home? How can I get some exercise in my house? How do I, you know, one of the things they recommend right now is that we get outside and, and, and we take a walk and because fresh air is good for us and those type of things. So why not get outside and do some things for yourself to do that physically? All right. That, so that's your first number, right? Scale one to 10. Second number is the mental number. And mentally, all I'm asking you to do is what is asking you what you're consuming and really what is that? What is that that you're actually putting into your head, right? You, you know, we have we have a number of choices of what we can choose to put into our head. We can put things that um, actually affect us negatively, or we can actually in, consume things that affect us positively. 
And you really need to ask yourself a question right now. Are you really, really consuming things that are actually affecting you in a positive way? And I am going to encourage you, if you're not, that you should be. Because right now, the world needs a whole bunch of positivity. And uh, what we consume can largely affect us. You know, there uh, I don't remember who said it. Maybe it was Jim Rohn who said that, you know, in five years, you will be the culmination of the books you read and the people you hang out with. I think it was Jim Rohn. And the fact of the matter is, that's why you got to choose things carefully. Because who we are around, what we consume, what we're reading, what we're, what we're consuming, even off of TV, is going to affect us down the road. You may not think it is, but it does. So on a scale of 1 to 10, how you're consuming, maybe more positively, let me ask you this. On that scale of 1 to 10, how are you doing? 1 miserable, 10 outstanding. All right? Five's average. All right, you got two numbers. Let's look at the third number, emotionally. Right. Well, emotionally, you know, emotions come in a couple forms, right? And, and we talk about emotional intelligence, emotional quotients, but really it's how well you're able to control your emotions is really the biggest one. And, and then how well are you able to really, truly understand in an empathetic way, the emotions of others, right? Not judge them, not call them right or wrong, but really, truly understand what their emotions are, right? And, and controlling our emotions is the big part, right? Because you have a choice. And, and you have to understand that your emotions are your choice. You choose your emotional state. It doesn't matter what happens to you. You choose how you respond to your emotions. You're 100% responsible for them. So what are your choices? Are you controlling your emotions? And how well are you doing it? And that's what that scale is on 1 to 10. How well are you controlling your emotions and tapping into the emotions of others? Scale of 1 to 10. One's miserable, 10 outstanding. Why? And then what are you going to do about it? All right, so you got three numbers, right? We've got physical, mental, emotional, and now the spiritual number. You know, spiritually, people ask me, well, what does that really mean? <laughs> and, and I had somebody who, the last guest from last uh, week, um, said something in his book that I found really interesting. People will tell you that they don't have faith, but then they'll drive 80 miles an hour tailgating somebody down the highway, <laughs> which takes a tremendous amount of faith <laughs> and, and trust. So uh, it, it is, in a sense, spiritual because we do believe in something. We do have a faith in something. We do believe uh, that there's something beyond us. We, we put our faith in or our trust in uh, that we get up every morning and that there's some reason for a purpose and that there's, uh, so that we can't explain love as an emotion because there's something inside us that runs way deeper than that, than just emotional. And so, you know, what is that for you? What does that look like for you? Is it God? Is it nature? Is it, is it meditation? Is it something else? What does that spiritual side look like to you? And then I'm going to ask you, is it working for you? Right? That's the question. Because the truth of the matter is, if it's not working, then what do you need to do to change that too? So you got four numbers, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. And then you know what? It, they're like the legs of a chair. And when we think about the legs of a chair, the truth of the matter is, is that if the chair is uneven and our posture is off and we don't, can't sit well and it, it, it becomes bothersome over the long period of time. And at the same time, if the chair is too low, it's very difficult for us to do anything from a very too low chair when you're tall. So the whole idea is to bring up all four legs of those chairs up as evenly as possible and that legs up as even as possible and at the same time bring it to that right height. And uh, you're going to find that when you are well balanced like that, your life is so much easier. And you want to talk about somebody who's well balanced, I want to introduce my friend and best-selling author, uh, international award-winning 
project manager, culture expert. His name is Colin D. Ellis. He uh, he is he helps organizations around the world world build delivery cultures that everyone wants to be a part of. He he does that now because for 30 years he was a permanent employee of other people's delivery cultures in the UK, New Zealand, and Australia, and most of them were, were well. Not great. <laughs> He's written three best, actually four best-selling books now. Uh, this one is called Culture Fix is the name of the book. Bright yellow book. You really need to get a hold of it. It's one of the best written books, and it's such a practical guide to building, rebuilding culture. Uh, he speaks with energy, passion, and you're going to hear his humor, and honesty. Do you remember that word, honesty? Yeah. That's what he does. Hey, and he speaks about the challenges that organizations organizations face in creating project leaders and the cultures required to deliver sex successfully every time. Born in Liverpool, UK, he now lives in with his family in Melbourne, Australia. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show and welcome back to A New Direction, Colin Ellis. Welcome back, Colin. Thank you, Jay. It's so great to be back. So great to be back, especially after that introduction. Yeah, had you given me kind of a lower introduction, it wouldn't have been, I'd have been like, oh, yeah, yeah, cheers, Jay. It's great to be back. But that was a great introduction, so it's really great to be back. You know what? I I love you. I, I, yes, people, I just told another man I love him. Okay, I, I get it. All right, I know that. Yeah, okay, I've got a man crush, right? It's a little bit of a bromance. I get it. We're with, that's just kind of what Colin and I are. Uh Listen, we, we've had this conversation and we talked about your this book and you are so cool and awesome. And uh, I know you're in down under, it's like seven o'clock in the morning. I, we, we, when you and I talked about this, you, you had brought up to me, you said, hey, you know what? I'd love to come on, but I want to talk about how we rebuild this culture. Hmm. And so one of the things that, that I was thinking about when you said that is, okay, so let's say I am in a business. I've had this culture for a long time. And I know it's not, I know I'm saying the right things, but my culture is not leading the right things. What is the first, what should I first do? What do I first got to do to start changing this? And I, I, you, they, they've got to start somewhere, Jay. It, 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 it's one of those things where often there's an acknowledgement that culture needs to change, but then they never get started anywhere. And, you know, part of the reason that I wrote the book was that I wanted to give people a kind of jumping off place. And and so I think what they need to, you know, often if it's small business, bigger business, a team, doesn't matter whatever it is, is you have to kind of write and sit down and write, you know, what I what I would call a business case for change. Now, I want to be clear, this doesn't have to be like a formal document. Trust me, as someone who worked in government for eight years, you know, you can do these formal documents up to the Wahoo and it doesn't really do anything. But it's really about foundationally, what's all the good stuff that we do? You know, that we want to capture that. What is what are some things that we do really well? And what are some things that, you know, what are some opportunities for improvement? I don't think things are ever really broken. You know, I think there are some decisions that we make as individuals and as teams or as organizations that kind of are out of kilter with what we want to create. But there are always opportunities for improvement. So, you know, I always get people to start with, well, what's the good stuff and what are the opportunities for improvement? And then really decide kind of what's the first thing that we want to address uh, based on that list. So, okay, so it, it kind of starts with a document, but I'm thinking to myself here, Colin, all right, it's, is, it, is, it, is it a form, I mean, do I, who do I bring in on this? 
I mean, mm. I, I mean, I know that you say, and listen, and I love this quote. You know, it only takes one nut to start changing a culture, and I, I really do love that man <laughs> because it always well, seems to be me though. Jay is like, who's that nut over there? Like, hello, <laughs> six foot two idiot waving from the corner in a suit. It's me. <laughs> it's me. Hello, hello. <laughs> I want to change the culture. Hello. Prancing uh, <laughs> around like Mary Poppins. <laughs> well, oh, a spoonful of sugar. Your culture. Da, da, da. Yeah, know, the culture go me. around. The culture go around. Um, <laughs> I, I, I keep I have, when you know, when you wrote this, right, I, I was, you know, I've always been a big Monty Python fan from the 70s mm-hmm. and used to watch the 30-minute show uh, regularly to my parents' dismay. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and non-approval <laughs> and i you know i can i can still see the guys all dressed up in their wigs and the dresses right it, and 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 i'm, yeah. I'm hearing th- those are the nuts you know that 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 are saying this ow, ow, i'm the nut you know i can hear the, i i spam 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 right so i so i mean <laughs> Oh my God, this is going to be too much fun. Uh, so, what is it that? So, is it? Does it really take that nut? I mean, or is it? I mean, is it? I mean, do we bring other? Do we bring other nuts in? Do we try to find other nuts? What do we do? Yeah, yeah what you what you're aiming for is a bag of mixed nuts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, well, you know the, the the kind of lone nut thing, and I want I want I want to credit Derek Sievers here. Derek Sievers did a fantastic TED talk, which I mentioned in the book. It's three minutes and, it, you know, he talks about leadership and, you know, how it just takes one person to start something, start a movement. And and I love the TED talk. And it, and, it, and it really got me thinking about, well, when it actual when it comes to culture change or culture evolution, it, there's generally one person that it starts with. Some, somebody who recognizes something needs to change. Jay, and there'll be people listening to this podcast who are like, oh, that's me. That's me. That's me. And so what you've got to do then is really embrace that first follower, that first person who's like, you know what, I think the culture needs to change or I think we should be doing something different. And you have to embrace them as an equal mm-hmm. because what you want to do is create more more followers so that you can create more leaders. You know, And I often talk about the fact that the first job of a leader is to create more leaders, but you can't do that unless people follow you. So in other words, they see you role modeling behaviors they see you role modeling energy passion they see you really taking time and effort to think about the different parts and they want they want to be part of that and then really you you, you kind of build in i guess a group to start a bit of movement around culture but but often with culture it, it it gets mentioned in a senior management team meeting or else it's just one person's real passion and that person can't afford to lose the passion they can't afford to get frustrated and so, you know, when I think back on my career, that's that's something that I never got frustrated. I always felt there's a better way, the, 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 you know, there's a different way. And I, you know, I had lots of ideas, but I didn't want it to be just about me and my ideas. It had to be inclusive. It had to be cognitively diverse, you know, and there had to be a lot of fun. And then, you know, over time, that really grew and grew and grew, Jay, where, where we had, I guess, more nuts because we had more people doing kind of random out there things and people were like what what are you doing <laughs> but at no stage did they say what are you doing we don't want to be part of it they were like what are you doing and how do we join mm. 
I love this. We're talking with Colin Ellis. He's author of the book A Culture Fix, and uh, he's gonna he's been he's gonna talk to us. Well, he has been talking to us about how do you fix your culture, and uh, that's all we're gonna do today. Is we're just gonna talk about how do we fix your culture. And uh, he's he's such an expert. He, he speaks all over the world internationally, multilingual, uh, absolutely fabulous, best-selling author, fourth book. And I'm telling you, it's outstanding. It's available bookstores everywhere. Uh, get yourself a copy of the book. Uh, he's he's fun and he's he really is fun and he's got a great sense of humor as you hear, and uh, it he he but his his information is so right on, and I want to get into this. Uh, you talk about here that uh, when it comes to good strategy in the book, and this is uh, from um, chapter five, uh, pillar number two, you say it should answer four questions: Why are we doing this? What do we want to achieve? How will we get there, and how will we know? And who do we need to achieve it? Can we go through those? So yeah, what, mate, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I'm right. I mean, I think that's part of the how, right? Why are we doing? Why are we? Why are either we gonna? Why are we creating, or why are we trying to change the culture, right? So that's the first question. So, what do we really? What do we really want the answers to be, or what should they kind of be? in when we're trying to answer, why are we doing this? Yeah, and and most people when they when they think about strategy, they think about it's generally very technical, it's very detail oriented. They never really think of from kind of from a culture perspective. Well, where is it that we want to go? Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it that we want to do? And 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 it's almost um, it's almost a secondary idea afterwards. It's like oh. We need to think of the culture too, you know. And and we had the whole quote from Drucker who said, you know, culture eats strategy for breakfast. Right, right. And and you know, the point that he's trying to make there, I think. I mean, he never told me personally, but <laughs> the point that he's trying to make is is that if you don't have a good culture, you can't deliver the strategy. Very simply. Yeah. And yet, your culture needs to be part of your strategy because it needs to, you know, kind of the work that you do to feed it needs to be uh, a, a big part of the strategy. There needs to be a budget for it. There needs to be goals set around it as well. And so I think, you know, without being able to answer those kind of four questions, uh, Jay, that people often get lost. It's, it's seen as a nice to have. You know, I'll give you an example, right? So I'm working with an organization here in Australia. Now, like everybody else, we've got, you know, we're trying to do the right and the sensible thing. Times of uncertainty, everyone needs to do their bit, right? We also need to maintain our sense of humor, by the way, in times of uncertainty. Um, and, and so I thought, well, you know, I wonder how they're going to handle the culture work we do on a monthly basis. Essentially, I fly there, spend four days with them doing different keynote speeches, doing different coaching sessions. And they came back and they said, culture is a big part of our strategy. We don't want to let our people down. We don't want to renege on a promise. We're going to do this virtually. And I, and I thought, what a great way to demonstrate how culture is a big part of your strategy than making a call very, very early that we're not going to fly anyone. We're not going to kind of all get together in a big group. We're going to we're going to meet virtually. And it's those kind of things that really demonstrate you know, kind of a commitment to continual cultural evolution. So you've got to know why you're doing it. You've got to know what the goals are. Sometimes they're measurable. You know, and I I think often with with culture, people are looking for an immediate financial payback. And it doesn't work that way. I remember Tony Shea, uh, who's the CEO of Zappo. So I asked him a question about financial payback. And he said, what's the value of hugging your mum? You know, I, I was like, okay, yeah, that's cool. Uh, you know, kind of love, respect, feeling of care, yeah. empathy. He said, that's what we're talking about here with culture. He's like, sometimes there are no immediate paybacks, but you get the feels. And I love that. 
I love that too. His name is Colin Ellis. The book's called uh, Culture Fix, and he is here with us uh, today on A New Direction. Hey folks, did you know that A New Direction has a sponsor that, uh, our newest sponsor, They, I, I call them a new sponsor. They're really not new. They've they've been a, with us now for, I mean, almost half a year. Their name is Epic Physical Therapy. And whether you're recovering from an injury or surgery, whether you're suffering everyday aches and pains, maybe you're just looking to improve how you feel and move. Maybe you're having difficulty performing activities of daily living. Maybe you're an, an, a professional athlete or a college athlete or a high school athlete, right? And you're unable to perform the athletic activities at the level that you like to do them because of an injury. Look, the, the elite team at Epic Physical Therapy will provide you with a customized treatment plan tailored to your individual needs. With their experience in rehabbing uh, young athletes to elite professionals to people just like you and me, they understand the need to treat the entire body as a functional whole, not just your symptoms or injury. Listen, get epic relief, get epic recovery, get epic results, and you get that by going to epicphysicaltherapy. And and you can find more about them by going to epicpt.com. That's E-P-I-C-P-T dot and Linda Craft and Team Realtors. You know what? For 35 years, they have been known as having legendary customer uh, service. I mean, it, the reason why is because they developed every single relationship one at a time. And you know what? That's what they do, and that's how they do it. And that's what they want to do for you is they want to develop a relationship with you, whether it comes to selling your home or buying your home, no matter where you live in the world, they can help you get the result that you're looking for. And you know what? You can do find out more by going to lindacraft.com and that's L-I-N-D-A-C-R-A-F-T.com. And we're back here with Colin Ellis and uh, his book, Culture Fix. And we're having a lot of fun actually uh, talking about culture and how to fix your culture in your business. And, um, so I'm going to be laying some things and, uh, at, at Colin here as we're going along and, um, having Colin answer those things as we move along. So Colin, um, one of the things that you, you say here in, when it comes to good strategy in your view is set a direct and achievable marker for the year. What do you mean when you say that? Uh, most organizations, Jay, they set unrealistic targets, unrealistic expectations. And what that does is it takes the real energy and drive out of the culture before you even start. Mm. And and I think it, it's great to have a vision and every organization needs a vision. But attached to that vision needs to be some realistic targets for three, six, nine, 12 months. You know, some of the organizations that I worked in, they were like, we're going to finish that big project by the end of this year. I'm right. like, Dude, we haven't even started. Right. We haven't even started. We know that that's going to take six months to get a case together before we actually start building the thing. And so, you know, kind of achievable markers are real points where the culture can see, I'm looking forward to getting there. I'm looking forward to getting there. So, you know, the analogy I often use is, is holidays right so as individuals what we do at the start of the year is we plan our holidays and we have these markers along the way it's like i want to get this 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 and this done before i take that you know take that vacation there i want to get this 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 done before i take that vacation there so we do it in our lives and and they're all achievable whereas most organizations they set unrealistic markers which takes the like i said which takes the all of the energy and the motivation out of the culture before you even start we, you know, I want to tell you something. When it comes to this whole thing of culture, you know, I, I feel like because it's so involved with people and people, 
you know, it's really hard. It's really hard to get people to collaborate when it comes to culture, because I think everybody has their own idea of what the culture should be, depending on where you're at in the business. How do we get everybody on the same page when it comes to creating a culture like this? Yeah, so you have to involve everybody in it, Jay. Uh, the, the the collaboration is one of those words that we use in business all of the time. It's like, oh, I've got to collaborate more. I've got to, got to work together more. I've got to do this more. We never bring people together and say, okay, how are we going to do this? You know, how, how are we going to communicate? How are we going to work together? Um, how are we going to gather? How are we going to share information? How are we going to acknowledge our failures? How are we going to celebrate our successes? There's an assumption made that everybody knows how to collaborate and they don't. Um, it's not something that we're taught at school. It's not something that we're taught by our parents. It's something that we pick up from other people along the way. Now, if you're fortunate, you know, and I was fortunate early in my career, well, not, not that early, but early enough to work with some people that knew how to collaborate and you could teach you, then you realize that actually at the, at the foundation for great collaboration is everyone getting together and say, how are we going to work together to deliver this? How do you like to be communicated to? What are you, you know, kind of what, what are your mechanisms for work? When are we going to stand up and talk? When are we going to sit down and talk? When are we going to make time for each other? All of those things are crucially important, Jay. And yet when we start work, we never have those conversations. You know, and so one of the things that I did in the, in the late 90s when I started out as a project manager, because I had no idea what I was doing, literally no idea, is I would get the team together, that you know, and I would say, right, how are we going to deliver this? We've got nine months. How are we going to do it? And people want to talk about the technical information. I was like, no, how? How are we going to work together? And, you know, there's a lot of self-awareness involved. You've got to, you, you kind of got to realize that everyone's got a different personality. So, you know, sharing a little bit about you is really, really important. And then you've kind of got to resist the urge for your personality to take over and let people get on and do their jobs. Because what you want to do, certainly when you're collaborating, is create an environment where trust is assumed, not earned. We're talking with Colin Ellis, author of the book, Culture Fix, and uh, he's walking us through how we can start to change our culture. I want to ask you, uh, you say something here that that it says to successfully prepare people for cultural evolution, a few things need to be in place. And I'm just going to give you the five things that you gave us. And if people want to write these down, please feel free to write them down because I'm going to have Colin talk about each of these. A sound business case for change, public accountability, a strong team, a strong vision and definition of the future state, and clear, unambiguous communication. So let, can we talk about these why these yeah. why these yeah. five things are uh, why these things are so important for the success of a cultural evolution? Let's just start with a sound a sound business case for change. Most most organizations, Jay, they they view change management as training and communication, right? They they they'll talk, let's train that new person in that new thing, process or tool, uh, and then let's send an email telling everyone about it. And the, the 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 kind of email never creates the why are we doing this now, and, you know, and that business case for change. It has what you want to do is really get people to see the value in what we're doing. We never take talk in terms of value, so that's what we mean by the sound business case for change you know kind of if you say we need to change our culture people will go yeah okay uh but they need to know well what's in it for me you know we're we're inherently selfish unfortunately um so people want to know well what's in it for me as well as the organization you know you know what though i mean listen i get it we are selfish but 
at the same time, right, I think it's true that when we create, you know, we, you, we, you and I are both on the same page with this. You've created a culture whether you have put it on paper or not. I mean, I mean, we, we both agree with this. Yeah. yeah I mean, because you, 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 just because it's not on paper, trust me, you've created some culture. There is a mm-hmm. culture there, whatever it may be, um, but you have created one. Because cultures, cultures just, you know, evolve over time and you may have no control over it, but you've evolved something. But I think, I think what happens is we kind of give the people sometimes who work, uh, in our culture, a a bad rap when we, and I know that's not what your intention was here, but it's because of what we do as humans. Well, you know, what's in it for me, but I think that is part, an important part of the culture change is if you are a business owner or if you're the CEO in charge of culture or if you're the chief cultural um, officer of CCO, I mean, if you're that person, right? I mean, the fact of the matter is you do need to think about, well, what is in it for the lowest person in the company? That's right. Right? I mean, because if yeah. we, right? Yeah. I mean, right, sure. if we don't have them on board, it's not going to work, is it? No, you can't. You can't force engagement. What you've got to do is create something that people feel engaged with. Uh, Jay, you know, and I was I was speaking to a, a dental surgeon on a plane recently, as you do, and he was like, "Oh, you know, well, it's me and my. I think he had three partners, so there's four of them." He's like, "So, you know, what you're saying is we should get together and we should determine the culture." I was like, "No, no, no. You've got to get together with everybody." Uh, you, it, it's got to feel like the culture, you know, when I talk about a strong team, everyone's got to feel engaged in it. Everyone's got to feel like they have a say because ultimately culture is the sum of everybody. Mm. It's the sum of everyone's attitudes, beliefs, behaviors, traditions, skills, you know, so it's the sum of everybody. And it only takes one bad apple to, to spoil a fruit bowl, Jay. Mm. So, you know, it, it, if, if, if you've just got one person that feels left out or who doesn't understand what's in it for them, then it's not, it's not going to stick. Um, so you need to involve everybody in it. And, and, you know, when I talk about public accountability on the list, it's having that one senior manager who's the or, or, or business owner or whoever it is to sort of say, yes, I'm going to make sure that everyone's involved. I'm going to make sure that we do this in the right way. I'm going to make sure that we don't take the money and the time away when times get tight. I'm going to make sure that we recognize that culture is the single most important thing to contribute to success. Um, and I'm going to hold that there. Yeah, the the public accountability piece is incredibly important because I think what happens is, otherwise what we do is it's just a lot of lip service, right? I mean, if we if we don't have some accountability to action, it's just nothing but lip service. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, absolutely right. And lip service is rife in culture. People talk about it all the time. Culture is the most important thing. It's the most important thing. I always say, great. How much money have you got set aside to work on your culture this year? Mm. Oh, well, we're really busy with other things. I'm like, mm. it's just lip service. Yeah, it's interesting, right? Because we most people, you've, you've run across this, and I have too. Most people will say, oh, yeah, no, 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 you're absolutely right. You know, culture eats strategy for breakfast but then when you ask them how much money have you put towards culture it's like oh yeah well uh you just told me you believe in it but then that's right i mean but then you're telling me well we're not gonna put any money into it this year yeah i spoke to i spoke to somebody approached me uh, recently they read the book and they said oh listen we're, we're so keen to work with you we can't believe we're speaking to you blah 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 blah, blah. it's all, all great stuff to hear right. 
right, we want to do something. You know, we've got 80 people. I'm thinking, like, for me, 80, 80 people is per, like a perfect number. Right. I'm like, 80 people, that sounds great. You know, we can really do something. And they said, okay, so what does that look like? And I was like, okay. And I laid it out to them. It's like, you know what? I just don't think we can afford to take people away from their jobs for two days. Mm. I'm like, all right. I'm going to leave you to that. Then. <laughs> like, cause that's where that public accountability comes in. It's like, this is so important. We're right. going to take, you know, kind of everyone offside. I, I work with an engineering organization, Jay, they had 350 people. They were like, can we do it with 350 people? I'm like, hell yeah, we can do it with 350 people. They took all 350 people offsite for two days. They communicated to their customers that they were working on their culture because they wanted to create something that their customers could feel part of. I was like, that is so awesome. And that's what public accountability looks like. See, I love that. That's yeah. Yeah. When you, when you're telling your customer, this is what we're doing and we're doing this for you. You know, I mean, it's not like you're abandoning them. You're just letting them know that I may not be able to get back to you right away. I may be a little bit later, but I'm doing this because we're trying to do this in the right way. It's, that's that's beautiful. So let's yeah. talk about a strong team, uh, which is number three. So we have a sound business case for change, public accountability, and then number three is to successfully prepare people for cultural evolution. We need to have a strong team. Let's talk about that. You need to have a strong team that, that values everything. That, um, it basically practices what, what you preach. What you want is it to be inclusive. You want it to be diverse. Uh, you want it to have a sense of momentum, a sense of fun. These are people who've got each other's backs. There's no gossip. There's no backbiting. You, you, you really want this team to come together to really form and say, we're going to be the catalysts for this cultural evolution. Jay, you know, the, the organization who I'm working with and, you know, I talked about them earlier who aren't canceling any kind of activity or deferring it. We have a culture club. And so I run a culture club for 40 people once a month and give them some insights into different areas of business. And those people are then catalysts for change within their own areas of business. It's a thousand person organization. And so that's what we mean by a strong team. They come together, they want to learn, but also they hold each other to account as well. They make sure that we're doing all of the things that we said that we would in order to be successful. Is this where we start evaluating our team? I mean, is it, I mean, at some point, right, don't we have to go, okay, well, there's going to be some people who are not on board. I mean, do we, do we start, is this a starting place for us to start going, all right, maybe we got to get the wrong people off the bus? Yeah, absolutely. Not the, and, and, and more often than not, Jay, people keep the wrong people on the bus. Um, now, I, I'm all for embracing everybody right. uh, on, on any kind of change team or evolution team you know i let's put it out there this is what we want to do but the second that you lose motivation for it we're going to have a word mm. we're going to have a conversation and say hey listen this is you know this is not a time to tell me you're busy this is just a massive excuse being busy massive excuse for not understanding your own priorities or not having discipline mm. Um, you're a big part of this team. If you don't, if you don't behave in the way that we expect, if you don't communicate in the way that we expect, then we're going to have a conversation. And and I think just generally, what holds cultures back is is the behaviour of individuals and the lack of action against that. We all need a kick in the pants every now and again. Metaphorical kick in the pants. You can't kick anybody in the pants. We all need it. We all need it every now and again to remind us what we're here to do. You know, and I, I got interviewed recently and they said, oh, you know, what's one piece of advice you were given that, you know, really stood you in good stead? I, t- I said, I'll tell you what one piece of advice was. Colin, shut up. I'm in charge. When you're sat here, you can make the decisions. Until then, we'll do it my way. <laughs> That's beautiful. That is so beautiful. 
That's it's perfect. Just a great piece of advice to remind me that <laughs> you just need to do a job. Shut up and get on with it. And um, <laughs> so I think you're, you're absolutely right, Jay. This is where we we look at the people in the team and go, you're all in 100%. Can't be 95% in. You're 100% in all of the time. Well, here's something that you said in, in, in this book, in Chapter 9. Um, and you said, if the people within the culture don't believe in the change aren't involved in it, aren't involved in it, don't feel part of it, or simply don't understand it, it's going to fail. Yeah. I mean, every time. And, 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 and so, I mean, there's, there's a lot of conditions here to building the strong team based on that statement that you made. If they don't believe in the change, well, then it sounds to me, if, you're, if they don't believe in the change, that may be the evaluation period where we got to go. If they're not involved in the change, and that's shame on you, if they don't feel part of the shame of, of being part of the change, well, shame on you and shame on them. That's if, right. if they simply don't understand it, well, shame on you, shame on them. And, and because at some point the failure has to be at some point it's a it's a mutual failure, right? I mean that's the thing about that statement. And yet at the same time, the very it's only the very first one that involves well if they don't believe in what you're doing then you know maybe you do have to tell them you know either either you know suck it up or you got to get out. Yeah. And, you know, there are many organizations, some of the great cultures in the world, they do this really, really well, Jay. They say, this is who we are. This is what we're about. This is what we're trying to create. You're a massive part of that. We want you to contribute. If you don't, you're out. Mm. And, and you know, it galvanizes people from, from day mm. one. They don't do it in a low EQ, right. you're out right. kind right. of way. Right. They're, they're like, this, this is, we, we hired you specifically to be part of this. If you don't want to contribute, then this is not the place for you. And so that's why I said that from an organization perspective, we've got to be really clear on the value of doing something. Then you have to make sure they're involved in it. But then if they choose not to contribute, then the first thing we've got to do is we've got to say, why aren't you contributing? Because, you know, always empathy first, you know, make sure there's nothing else going on that we that we don't know about. And if they still don't want to contribute, then they got to go. They well, just got to go, and they know they've got to go. Right. Um. But great cultures don't carry passengers. Oh, 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 oh <laughs> really? Did you have to throw that big bad boy quote <laughs> out there? I love that. I don't know where this stuff comes where from. Where did where did you where did you, where did you, <laughs> where did you pull that out, man? That was nowhere in the book. You got Would you write that down somewhere? <laughs> because that's awesome. That's awesome right there. That's that's one of those quotable quotes. Write that down immediately, Colin. Immediately, right now. Write it down. Uh, because I thought the quote that I was going to quote from you was pretty darn good. Because <laughs> <the, laughs> but that one's better. Uh, you, you you actually say if people get in the way of of change when it comes to culture, there's and there's no consequence for doing so, it's going to fail. So you have to do something about it. Um, so. <laughs> Wow, that was really good, Colin. I hope you wrote that down. <laughs> I, I hope that I hope I hope like it's like a mantra somewhere. Um, I wrote that down. I'm totally gonna, good, I'm good, because I'm gonna tell you what's it's it's, it's, real, it's, it's really good. It's it's really really good. Um, well, every time I listen back to like when I listen back to our podcast, Jay, I was like, where where did that come from? <laughs> <laughs> you you had some great stuff that wasn't even in the book. I'm like going, why didn't you write that? Your book was great, but you should book. Yeah, there's another book there. Why didn't you write that? That down. That would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh my gosh, we're with Colin Ellis uh, having a lot of fun talking about culture. Yes, you can actually have fun talking yes. about culture, and we are. And uh, as you can tell, he has a tremendous sense of humor. He's, di- he's as direct as can be, uh, and is totally honest, and uh, just love him and love having him on the show. Uh, I can't wait for him to write another book soon so that we can bring him back even more frequently. <laughs> maybe we'll, October. Maybe, October. I've got another one out in October. Another book's in October. So we're going to have him back in October. Maybe we'll have him back before <laughs> then doing some previous work. Uh, but he, he is with us here on A New Direction. Hey, A New Direction, you know what? We have two great sponsors, and one of them is Epic Physical Therapy. And their facility offers the most advanced, top-of-the-line equipment, including the Alter G anti-gravity treadmill i am telling you if you have knee issues and you feel like you can't run you get in the treadmill takes all the pressure off your knees and you're able to to actually run without without feeling the pain and it's just a great and it's a neat little piece of equipment well it's not very little but it's a great piece of equipment they also have the normatec compression sleeves which are really cool and the game ready which man i i've i've sometimes swell do to workouts and things like that and they put that game ready on my leg and the pressure and the cold together just squeezes out all that that swelling and it's just amazing and it's i love the game ready look they are trained and certified the most comprehensive cutting edge treatments available you know so here's some of the treatments and i've had i think i've had pretty much all these on the blood flow restriction therapy sometimes you hear it's called bfr dry needling i love dry needling it takes a lot of that swelling out underneath the skin and then cupping right if you if you've ever seen the swimmers with the circles on their back and you wonder what in the world yeah that's because they're they're manipulating the muscle through the skin it's very very cool Look, they, they can help make you become more epic. So why not get that epic relief? Why not get the epic recovery? Why not get the epic results? Why not go to Epic Physical Therapy? And you can do that by going to epicpt.com. That's E-P-I-C-P-T.com. And Linda Craft and Team Realtors for 35 years, they have been developing one relationship at a time. And they've been developing those relationships with people locally in the Raleigh, Durham, Chapel Hill, Research Triangle Park area. But because of those relationships, they've been able to develop relationships with real all over the world and so because they are privately owned and operated and do not are, are not affiliated with a major company they are their own company they can find the best realtor for you wherever you live that can help you sell your home or buy your home and if you happy to be in that research triangle park area you know what they can help you too. And if you walk into 7300 Six Forks Road, I promise you they're going to hand you a bottle of water. They're going to sit down and they're going to talk to you about what it is that you want and you need because they understand that your home is the largest personal purchase you're probably going to make in your lifetime. But bigger than that, it's the place where you make memories. And they want those memories to be secure and they want to be the person who helps you secure those memories in so that you feel safe, that you're in really great hands with them. So why not contact people at Linda Craft? And Team Realtors, you can learn more by going to lindacraft.com. That's L-I-N-D-A-C-R-A-F-T dot com. And we're back here with Colin Ellis and uh, Culture Fix. And we're talking about how to rebuild your culture. We, we've talked about, you know, uh, to successfully prepare people in the cultural evolution, you have to have a few things in place. And we've talked about a sound business case for change, public accountability, a strong team. And we're going to move on to number four. And Colin, number four is a strong vision and definition of the future state. What do you mean by that? 
So uh, in order for you to create something worthwhile, you've got to redefine what what culture looks like, Jay, which in essence is the book in itself. What I really wanted to do with the book is to provide this how to guide. How do you go about defining it? Now, for most teams, you know, for, for most large teams, it takes me two days. It's a whole load of fun to come up with a vision, a set of behaviors, some principles around the way that we work together. But this is the reset button, right? Mm. This is where you turn it off and on again. And when you turn it on again, everyone's like, oh, this could really work this time. <laughs> uh, and 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 without without doing that, without redefining what you want the culture to be, all you're doing is putting a little bit of veneer on what's already there. And you don't want to do that because it's very easy to peel veneer off, Jay. What you want to do is really create this, you know, kind of whole new wooden varnished thing over here that looks different, that feels different, that everybody feels connected to. And and so that's what I mean by redefining it. But it starts with a vision, you know, a vision, that aspirational statement of the future, because that's what your strategy links to, your goals linked to your strategy. The way that we deliver the goals is through business as usual and projects. And underpinning all of that is the redefined culture. I love that. Um, I, I, I just feel like sometimes, you know, when we're defining this, you know, we do have to have this future in view and we, and it's, you have to, if you don't have the future in view, I don't know where you're going. I, I, you know, I mean, it, you really do have to think forward on this thing. And sometimes we're trying to think right now and we're not thinking, what is this going to look like down the road? You know? Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, we feel, I, I feel like sometimes what we do is I'm just trying to fix what I'm doing now, but, but you, it's a bigger picture. It, it's a much bigger picture and, and it's a longer game. The question I always get asked, Jay, at conferences always is how long does it take to change a culture? I got asked it last week. How long does it take to change a culture? And I, I always say, as like, if you, if you uh, redefine what it is that you're looking for and involve the people in it, it can take between six and 18 months but only if they're committed to it. The second that they lose steam, the second that the senior manager walks away from it, the second you stop spending money on it, it's all going to fail. And they've got no one to look at, no one to blame but themselves. And and so it's six to 18 months, but it, it needs that redefinition up front. Otherwise, people are just going to be like, it's just the same old thing with a nut, a lone nut at the middle of it. It's mm. just the same old thing. And, and you need to change the same old thing. It really, you really do. You, you, I know it seems like so intuitive, right? But sometimes we just kind of get caught into that circle. The fifth pair, the fifth, the fifth piece to successfully preparing people for your culture is clear, unambiguous communication, as opposed to unclear, ambiguous communication. Mm. So, <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, which is the norm for most right? people. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I loved, I started thinking about that when you, when you wrote that and I was like going, yeah, well, okay. Because got to tell you on, you know, not being not clear and being ambiguous is typically the communication norm. <laughs> really That's is. right. That's right. That's the standard way that everyone, you know, how many times have you kind of been in an office or been working for someone and you read what they're about and you're like, I have no idea what that means. <laughs> like most people's vision statements are like four paragraphs and like, dude, that's not a vision statement. That's, that's just, that's a mess 
at best, you know. Right. It is the best. <laughs> and they and they wonder why people, you know, feel disengaged because they haven't got a clue what's going on. What you're doing is sending long emails to people mm. trying to explain why this is your pet project, and yet everybody knows that as soon as times are tight, we're going to pull the rug. Mm. And you know, I there's a great quote from Jim Highsmith. Jim Highsmith is one of the original signatories of the Agile Manifesto for people who are interested in that. And he said that, you know, most people want to be agile, but they don't want to keep things simple. And he said, if you want to be fast and agile, keep things simple. Um, and simplicity um, particularly is something that we're losing the art of because we like to show how smart we are with mm. big fancy words and acronyms, uh, when actually that's a big reason that, you know, most change initiatives fail is people just fundamentally don't understand what's going on. Yeah, I mean... You know, we throw around this word agile, you know, quite a bit. And I I am not so sure that that it's as effective as we want to believe it is when it comes to all of this. I mean, it's it's a great idea on the outset. I get it, but I think when it gets to be in practice, it actually can slow down the wheels of progress. Mm. I mean, I, I mean, right? I mean, I mean, I'm, I might be wrong here, but it just seems to me that sometimes what we do is we split everything out into so many groups that what happens is they're all working on separate projects, and then you know we give them the freedom and autonomy to kind of govern themselves and do their own thing, and then what happens is when we try to come together as a group, we we feel a little disjointed. I, I think that's my problem with sometimes when we do agile things. Uh, I could talk about this for another hour, Jay. Um, <laughs> so let's do another podcast. Yeah, we, 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 we need to do another show. We need to do another show. We so so agile is just the latest management method that lazy executives are rolling out as as a way to fix their cultures. We get a new management method every six to eight years, right? Something right. that comes along is like a silver bullet. We've had like mm-hmm. I don't know Six Sigma, Lean. Agile, 360, Pimbok, Prince Two, yeah, uh, uh, ISO 9000. Uh, we yeah. have all these things. And, 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 Do we and, just make up stuff? I, at, are we at a sorry. point where we can just make up stuff now? I mean, can oh, we yeah, just totally. can, can we just? I think we, can we, just I, I think we should come up with something. Yeah, can we, you know, can and, just, and and people will we, be like, "Wow, all right." So what we're yeah, what we're gonna do is we're gonna implement, you know, I don't know tire block. Ooh, tire block. That sounds good. <laughs> it will transform everything. What is it? Oh, trust me, it's a new management method. People sit down for meetings instead of standing up. Um, <laughs> so so I, I think some of the technical. So so there are some methods out there um, with regards to agile that work, but. If the mindsets and the attitudes are wrong, nothing will work. And that's the bit that people don't fix. They want to be more agile, but they've got a load of fixed mindset people who don't want to change holding them up. And and so, you know, when I talk to people about, oh, I want to be more agile, I'm like, cool, you've got to redefine your culture first and your expectations of people Mm. because they're wedded to the way that they do things right now. And so you've got to change that. So often when executives come back and, you know, bringing a circular link back to communication, they'll say, we're going to be more agile. And so people's first question is, what does that mean? And then they always say, we're going to send you on a training course. It's like, well, that's not being more agile. That's you trying to put a Band-Aid on a really big gaping wound in the hope that it works. And we all know that it won't. What is it that you actually want to do? You know, a bank over here, they went agile and then they stopped uh, going agile when they saved money from their bottom line. 
It's just like, just be honest. People aren't stupid. Mm. If you need to save money, give us the opportunity and we'll find ways to do it without you telling us we're going agile. So let's, we, we're, we're running so far out of time. I can't believe how fast <laughs> this thing goes. Um, we, we've, I've been, golly, it just goes so fast. So I don't know how we're going to do this, but we're going to try. So uh, how do we make, you talk about making cultural evolution business as usual. Mm. And so how you talk also about there's some other essential skills people need to be equipped with, providing feedback, communicating to different personalities, keeping things simple, managing risk, running a hackathon, being resilient, active listening, et cetera, so forth. But how do we, how do we get there? How do we now, you know, what is the, what is the, I know it sounds so simple, like to say practice, but it's, you know, when we're trying to change this culture thing, it, it's going to require some work, but I mean, you, it's got to be intentional on some level, I'm thinking. Yeah, it's got to be intentional. It's got to be planned in, Jay. We've got to constantly stretch ourselves. And so it's a, it's a, set, it's a set of micro experiences that we create every month. And so these are having, you know, having agreed a new foundational culture, we hold ourselves to the behavior. So we have accountability sessions, we're honest with each other, we provide regular feedback. So we don't wait for the kind of every six months, 12 months, we're constantly talking to each other, we're reminding each other of our responsibilities. We we acknowledge the failures, we make them visible so that other people don't make the same mistakes. We celebrate successes, even if it's not dying for a year, right? We celebrate people's birthdays. We celebrate project milestones. You know, we celebrate, you know, new birth, whatever it is. We celebrate successes. And and we constantly look for ways, we constantly look for ways to do what we do smarter. Now, that's not always necessarily faster, but smarter. You know, and one of the things that I wanted to create, because we don't teach people how to change cultures and then we wonder why they never change. So, you know, I, I recorded a, a program, an online program last year, Jay, um, and just to give everyone all the essential kind of parts of what it takes to change a culture. Because if we can teach people how to change cultures, then you never, ever have to have these big resets um, so you can find that online program at culturefixcommunity.com and it's $75, right? I wanted to set a price point where anyone could do it anywhere in the world and get the skills they need to constantly evolve any culture anywhere. And so I think once we start teaching people how to change cultures and once we start creating those micro experiences, then it's like a garden, you know, all we need is a little bit of water every now and again, a little bit of sunlight laughter every now and again, and the thing will take care of itself. So it's called culturefixcommunity.com. That's it, Jay, yeah. Uh, is what it is, right? And yeah, yeah. And it's a, it's a space where people around the world can get together, share ideas. Like it, it's free. If you just want to do the free bit, it's just a place to share ideas. It's a place for people to meet and gather that isn't, you know, kind of people stealing your information or there's no advertising on there. We just wanted to create something unique. And, and on there, there's three online programs, one around emotional intelligence, one around project management and one around how to change cultures. Yeah. I love that community. I, I hope people are listening. Uh, people who are listening, right, write that down. If you're driving and listening, do not write this down. All right, no, I just want you, just down. please, <laughs> just would you please just listen? It's called culturefixcommunity.com. Do not write. Do not write this down. Do not pick up your phone or whatever your device you're listening to while driving. Culturefixcommunity.com is the name uh, of it. Okay, so. 
don't please for the love of all things do not write this down while you're driving i just just <laughs> so 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 and it, and and for those of you who are worried you know like oh well, you know, I don't want to have to travel anywhere right now because I'm kind of concerned. Well, guess what? It's a community online, so you get to do That's this, right. right? You don't have to yeah. worry about it. It's an online community, and you get to um, interact with people from all over the world who have all sorts of ideas on culture. And then, and then, Colin, tell them the $75 that they would pay includes what now again? It includes uh, three online programs, uh, Jay. So it includes uh, 12 modules on emotional intelligence, so how to be the best version of yourself. Mm -hmm. It includes uh, 12 modules on what it takes to change a culture. Uh, and it includes 12 modules on how to then deliver any project, including culture change. These, for me, these are the three core skill sets that every employee needs to be able to be part of something successful. And so I spent last year in and amongst writing two books, um, recording these. And again, you know, it's $75 for the law. I just wanted to be able to give people these life skills for right. not much money, something that they could afford out of their own pocket. Um, yeah, that could transform the way they do anything. I love it. Thank you for doing that. I'm gonna, by the way, I'm going to put that link. Uh, I'm going to put this link when I do the write-up of every show, folks, I do a complete blog write-up of every single show with bank links to the book and which by the way, is called culture Fux, fix culture Fux, culture fix available at uh, bookstores everywhere. Uh, and, uh, and uh, Amazon of course, as well. And um, I, I was trying to say books and, and fix at the same time. And I, I couldn't, I was saying, culture yeah book. i got it yeah okay yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I, I just I, got the title of my next book. yeah you got uh, the, i know i got it got it fine thank you yeah so uh <laughs> so uh colin uh anyway the book is available it's awesome and he's outstanding and i you know what we've we've been having a lot of fun i do want to uh we, we've got we've still got a few minutes here i want to just kind of before we do that maybe in one or two minutes there's something that you said that it was from William Bridges, and I think it's called Managing Transitions from 1992. You mm. said there's three stages, ending, losing, and letting go. That's stage one. Stage two is the neutral zone, and straight, stage three is the new beginning. Mm -hmm. And if you could quickly, how does that play the role as we manage this transition into culture? Yeah, so Bridges Transition Model uh, has been around for a while now, and people will recognize, I think it was the early 90s, it, it was released, and it's kind of like this downward curve, you know, you kind of fall off a cliff into this big pit, and then you go up again. And, and you know, kind of stage three is the new beginning. The thing is, is stage one's all about, well, I've got to let go of where I am right now. And my argument is, you can't let go of what kind of where you are right now, unless you've defined the new beginning. Mm. And so my view of this is that in order to get to stage three, what you've got to do is define stage three when you're at stage one. So stage one is all about that sense of loss. Here's my comfort zone. Here's what's, that, what's familiar for me. This who I am and what I'm about. The neutral zone is that little bit of a pit of despair, confusion, impatience, uncertainty. And the new beginning is where you start to get excited again. And so I was talking to a guy, this guy had just lost his job. I was talking to him uh, earlier this year at a conference. And I said, you've got to define your new beginning. If you want to get there, you've got to define what does that new beginning look like? If you sit at home and focus on the fact that you've lost your job, it's just going to send you down into this pit and you're never going to be able to get out of the pit. At some stage, you've got to define what your new beginning looks like. And then you've got to throw 
absolutely every bit of energy that you've got that will get you through the impatience, will get you through the uncertainty, and it will get you to the new beginning because you can create that new beginning if you define it. And most people, most organizations, particularly when it comes to culture, they want to change where they're at, but they don't want to define where they want to go. So they end up in this constant neutral zone, this pit of uncertainty that they can't get themselves out of. So, you know, my advice is always if you're if you want people to let go of where they are right now, you've got to define the new beginning. Wow. So (laughs) I was going to ask you. You know, Colin, uh, the show's called The New Direction. Uh, what would you tell, give, what would be the new direction Colin, you know, Colin Ellis would give? And then I'm like, going, well, there it is. There yeah, it is. <laughs> I mean, I, right? Yeah. I mean, right? I mean, you've got to, you've got to, wow. That's another great thing that you've said. That you need to, <laughs> I, I mean, you've said so many great things. But if you do want to, I mean, if you, if you want to leave just a little something to the people, if you want to give them something in terms of changing culture, and you know, knowing that the show's a new direction, my friend, what would that be? It it would be that they can be the catalyst for all that is good within their culture. They can be. They've got to get over this this story that we tell ourselves that culture change is hard. They've got to teach themselves the skills. They've got to maintain their energy. They've got to maintain their physical health. Um, they've got to be a force for positive good and they've got to be publicly out there to say we can do this and and be the catalyst for it, Jay. That's awesome. His name is Colin D. Ellis. The book is called Culture Fix. It's available everywhere. Folks, it's the show. Unbelievable. Was he fun? He was fun, wasn't it? We had a lot of fun today and his information is so good. You know what I say every week, right? Be inspired because when you're inspired, you know what? You, you can inspire other people. And when they're inspired, they inspire others. That can make this world a really great place. You know what? I'm going to be back next week with another great guest and another great show. I will look forward to seeing you all over the world and hearing from you all over the world as you listen to this show and, and watch it live in different places around the world. And also on 93.5 FM, The Oak in Raleigh. Uh, that replays this show every Thursday at 4 p.m. and Sundays at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. And you know what I say to you every week, right, everyone? And that is, ciao. See you next week. Got to keep your hope alive. You got to know you can survive. This is your time to find a new direction, a brand new day. A new direction, things are gonna change. You can find the strength to go a different way. Dreams will take you places you have never